0: You're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by a Mouth, Chef Amy Sents. Here in the studio with me today, I have Brett Jones of Barracru- Barracuda. Should we call you Chef Brett? We oh just no. Call you- <laughs>
1: Oh no, Brett's great.
0: (laughs) We could call you that taco man. Yeah, that can work. (laughs) So, uh, Brett decided to join me in the studio today. He was nice enough to bring me some mineral water because he said it was still too early for a margarita.
1: For me at the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we have a lot of listeners who may agree. That probably before 4 o'clock might be too early, but, you know, you never know. (laughs) Look,
1: we've got them at 11 o'clock, so we don't judge.
0: (laughs) Well, Brett, I'm so happy that you came in. We met, goodness, I think Barracuda was just in concept last time I met you. And you said, oh, I'm going to open a taco place. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I start seeing it in the paper and hearing about it. So, taco place.
1: Taco place, yeah. So, uh, that that was a good memory. That is the last time we saw each other. I was tasting delicious wine, I, I think. Um, back in the conceptual phase when I was talking about it to everybody uh, that I could possibly get an ear. Um, still kind of the same thing. But since then, yeah, it's been really encouraging. People have uh, reacted in a very excited way to um, tacos on fresh tortillas. And I thought that they would. <laughs> but it's great to see it in, in real life, you know.
0: So did you um, go around town talking to strangers and pitching it? Or was I just the lucky stranger that heard about it? Well, yeah, folks, you know, I
1: guess it's like in the industry we're all friends, right? So uh, it's like, let me tell you about this thing I'm super excited about. Um, So, yeah, more of that, uh, talking to folks who are in the industry a lot just to kind of – one gauged like how people felt about it when I talked about it. Like here, what is it? It's like it's easy to say a taco place, but um, is it? A, what is the point of right. the taco place? Right? Is it? You, do you want to just be a taco place? Is there like a reason? Is there a a thing that you do? You know that kind of thing. So um, kind of splashing out all those ideas, and um, people were just like, "Yeah, go, 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 go." So since then, we've been going, and uh, here we are.
0: Well, did you? You know. Whenever you decided you were going to open Barracuda and you were going to do tacos, did you start like eating lots of tacos, cooking <laughs> lots of tacos? Yeah, so
1: I guess that's where like the real story comes in. Um, I started cooking, if I really like trace it way back, um, because of a trip I took to Mexico City for uh, a family wedding, and um, my my dad in particular was always really great about like, here's twenty bucks go do whatever you want. Don't get in trouble. So, um, you know, I I got to walk around a couple neighborhoods eating things that I had never seen or tasted before, which now maybe are like uh, our old hat for folks that are into food. Um, But I ate a bunch of alpesto tacos and I had salsa that had habaneros in it for the first time. And that was about like 15 years old or so. So I came home Um, back on my steady diet of like General Tso's chicken and Waffle House and, uh, you know, I was a true gourmand and, um, decided that I wanted to figure out how to cook those foods and did really terrible approximations of them for several years, but started reading more about cooking, getting into it, went off to LSU, ended up cooking to pay for tuition and, and to play in a band at that time and, um, just kept on reading. Um, but then we would have like big parties. So we, I played in a band. Lots of parties come with that, house shows and that sort of thing. Um, And you always want to cook for the crowd that's hanging out afterwards. Um, So it turned into parties of, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 people. And I was making tacos and trying to see how to, you know, how to do carnitas without, like, setting a pot of pig fat on fire. (laughs) um, You know, just... Making sure that somebody had something to eat while we were drinking like too much whiskey and cheap beer. <laughs> well,
0: are there? You know, I feel like there are people in the food industry who are purists. You know, I'm I'm very much a purist when it comes to gumbo. I have very True. strong rules yeah. about what is allowed to be called gumbo and every what household is, should. Yes, and what <laughs> is gumbo inspired? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So, are there any rules when it comes to calling something a taco?
1: So, yeah, a lot of things are called tacos, and, you know, if you look at the folks who are really writing about what makes a taco a taco, about taco culture in, in general, um, they tend to be from L.A. at the moment, for good reason, I think. It's where I like to go to see what's going on with tacos, but um, it can span a really wide Swath of foods. Uh, a lot of folks would argue that burritos are tacos. The original burrito is not quite as big as what we're used to, but right. So that's just a for instance. Or quesadillas usually were made on tacos, so called taco sized tortillas. Um, and if they have a filling, that's just a taco with cheese. It's a quesad taco or something like that. You know, there's a lot of names for similar things. But um, as far as rules, for me, um, especially launching Barracuda, the only rules were we're going, we want to make tortillas. We want to make great tortillas because that should be the foundation of it. And what goes inside should be, without getting on a soapbox, well-sourced and like a good thing to eat. So um, beyond that, it's really pretty broad. So that's kind of a side step of your question.
0: Well, I, no, that, that's actually a perfect answer. Um, I came into the studio, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, and I'll have to show you on your way out. But the, they have a whiteboard where sometimes they the, the staff here takes a poll of the day, and one of the questions was, is this a sandwich? <laughs> and they had a list, and um, I was trying to pull it up on my phone so I could get the full list, but it was, you know, a taco Um uh, a bagel and Uh locks. You know, and there were several different things and people were like, yes, yes, no, no. And the only one that people would were willing to even consider a sandwich was the bagel and locks if it was sandwiched in the middle (laughs) of the bagel. But I you know, I think that's funny because, you know, sandwiches, tacos, all of these have the same purpose. They're easy to eat, they're quick. We can hold them in our hand, but you can pack so much flavor in one little yeah, a handheld thing—a
1: handheld thing, a hand-held thing um, that can either be a snack, like in between going place to place, which is like good for us to be on Chapultepec and have a little stand, um, or it can be a thing that you that helps you uh, drinking with friends, yeah. or it can be just like your meal when you need like some time to yourself. You know, so tacos fill like a lot of different space um, as far as that goes, which I think sandwiches do too, but I think tacos kind of go beyond that. If you want to couch it in the sandwich. Uh, conversation. Um, there, there's a lot more uses and purposes. Whereas a sandwich is usually like one and done. Yes. we're gonna have a sandwich, and that is a meal today, um, as opposed to tacos, where it's like one, two, three, six. It might be all the different first flavors. Four tacos. Yeah, exactly. Um, it might be the beginning of your day, it might be lunch, it might be after you've been out and you know, it could be anything. So uh, a a taco, uh, you know, that's kind of like what drew me to it in the first place was that it could be so many different things, even if we're used to sitting down to a plate of tacos with a rice and bean, you know, or something like that. So that's kind of the goal for us too, was to, to like, make it easy to get a great taco. You know, it shouldn't have to be like a specific meal for you. But if you want it to be, we're there for that, too.
0: Well, so let's talk about the tortilla, because the tortilla can make or break a taco. You can have all the most delicious filling. Um, Pretty much, it can be perfect, and then it can be totally a disaster. (laughs) Yeah. So y'all are hand-making your own tortillas. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. So we make flour and corn tortillas at the restaurant. Um, speaking of being a purist, when I first launched on in, into this idea, I really thought we would be bringing in, um, bringing in corn, nixtamalizing the corn, and grinding all the corn, and all the tortillas are corn. And a couple more trips into, you know, just general research and traveling and eating, um, found um, a very, like a, uh, a regional style of flour tortilla. It's a Sonoran-style flour tortilla. They're thin, they're light. They're kind of crepey. They're a little bit chewy, and they don't make you feel like you know, like you've eaten two slices of white bread, like some of other tortillas that I like a lot. But um, were more appealing to me in that way. So we felt I felt like you know I want to know how to make these, and I worked really hard at that. And then it's like, well, people in Louisiana like flour tortillas. We do. <laughs> and there's no shame in that when it's especially if it's like a fresh one. You know, um, there's no. That The purism is really just like kind of like a false uh, idea if you're saying only only corn tortillas make real tacos. That's just like, you know, some people might agree with you, but I think that they'd be wrong. So <laughs> um, preference They, they is totally... may agree, but they're wrong. <laughs>
0: That's, yeah. so, there I, you go, opin- I do have opinions gentlemen. about this stuff,
1: but at the same time, I'm not here to tell people what they should or shouldn't eat just to make, like, a really good version of it, hopefully, you know.
0: So the process, are y'all um, buying flour from somewhere? Are yeah, you-
1: so, um, you know, you could get into blogs on this stuff, and there, you've got to have a specific flour from a specific place to make the style of tortilla. But what, you know, if you want to get into, like, chefy stuff, it's really all about hydration. Um, and for us, you can kind of achieve that same... Uh, So part of it I I should backtrack a little bit is these tortillas don't have baking soda in them There's no leavening in them, you know, Um, the only thing that is um, Creating layers and flakes in these things is that there's some water and there's some fat and it creates pockets For this thing to puff up when you put it on a hot griddle, right? Um, So that's kind of one thing that I thought was cool about it Um, the the other part of it is um, You know, you want to put the best possible things into these tortillas because there's only four things it's flour some sort of fat, water, and salt. And um, so for the flour, um, we're not going crazy, but we are buying, you know, King Arthur uh, flour because uh, we want unbleached stuff. We want it to have some texture, some flavor of, a, of flour, you know, that nuttiness you get from real flour. Um, and even if it's large-scale large produced, it's still, we think, a better quality. And, and something.
0: you have a nice consistency. Yeah,
1: exactly. So something that I'm happy for my children to eat too, you know.
0: And so, in this process of of hand making tortillas, you know, I, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, and there's always like some adorable grandmother that is, you know, rolling or or smacking, yeah. you know, and you see this whole process
1: with great skill, with great <laughs> skill. But
0: you, you know, there's a lot of love going totally. into it, and you can see, or a lot of frustration of, oh my god, these kids want too many tacos, yeah. but. um, you, you know, you see this process, and to know that the food was made by hand, it does kind of add a little something to it.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, for me, I think it does come back to those, like, textures are different. Um, and then at the end, the way you feel, I think, is often different if, uh, as opposed to stuff that's getting pulled out of a bag. But more so than anything else, you know— isn't like as a chef, isn't like the best food still that like truism that the best meal is like one that somebody else cooked for you. Oh, always, <laughs> always. And it feels like somebody cooked for you. I think is like the biggest piece, and that's something that I really hope to channel without uh, making it feel like we're not trying to make a high-end taco place. We're not trying to make like a chefy place, um, which I declined to be referred to as <laughs> chef earlier because it really isn't. Uh, you know, that's kind of not what the venture is. It's more like it should be low-key. For every person, Um, we hope that we offer, like, a really good value for the product that we're making. But more than that, we're, like, actually cooking food, you know. Um, It should be fast and it should feel quick service, but we're also cooking, you know. It's kind of one of the big other, you know, goals that we had for the restaurant.
0: So whenever you're, you know, sourcing ingredients and you're you're coming up with these ideas and you're learning how to make the tortillas, are you traveling around and— and studying with people, are you just getting lots of books and ingredients? And- yeah, both. <laughs>
1: both. So um, I used to work with a company here in town called Dinner Lab, and that gave me a chance to travel a lot. Um, uh, it's now defunct. It was famously uh, – you know expanded super quickly and then it just you know it kind of it kind of faded out but um during that time I was able to I was kind of project managing right I was helping get kitchens off the ground in other cities and uh, training folks to kind of lead what that what that looked like uh, doing events and that kind of thing so that was really fun but another big part of it was that I got to travel. And meet a ton of people and meet a ton of chefs in a lot of cities who have been kind enough to like share connections with me in their cities for like hey you should go check out this place um we can get you in the back door to go stage at this place and that kind of thing so there was definitely those th- those kinds of stages were taking place um but they ended up being focused a lot on a lot of corn tortilla stuff so on the corn tortilla side i definitely got whipped into shape <laughs> <laughs> through uh through trial by fire at a few different spots and that was you know uh, invaluable experience and the fact that people let me do it at all I feel like you know totally humbled by um on the flour tortilla side I ate a bunch of them but there's not a lot of places that make this style of flour tortilla and um far be it from me to say that we do the same thing that those places do but I ate it read about it a lot and then made you know I think the tally was like twenty thousand tortillas to
0: oh my try goodness. to get them
1: to this place. So
0: who ate all those tortillas? <laughs> some,
1: some of them, many of them got eaten. But uh, <laughs> the cool thing is, you can get them to a place where you can freeze them if you're eating them at home. We don't do that at the restaurant, but um, there's some of those are still in the freezer. So did you find <laughs> house, um, you know?
0: a Sonoran grandmother to <laughs> test your flour tortilla? No, and, no. So is that what we need to work on so we can get like <laughs> have her come and sit well, and?
1: For I I hope not. Judge you. I hope that does. I hope that that doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I hope she's at least like you know they tried. <laughs> but for me, it's been more of a um more of like, do my friends like it? Do mm-hmm. people that I consider peers in town like it? And let's start there. And if we can kind of get better at it, because we do. I mean, um we've been open about six months, and we're starting to get better at it. You know, Um at first it was really difficult to keep up. <laughs>
0: well, I want to change gears for a minute because for my listeners out there, when uh, Brett sat down, I said, all right, dude, where are you from? Because this is like the first question. And he he said, well, I'm from the north of the North Shore. (laughs) And uh, so we kind of giggled about whether or not that counts. But I kind of feel like it counts in this point of if you're from Louisiana, you understand how important food is. Yeah, it's
1: right? a big deal. I'm from South Louisiana still. Yes. you know, we, they, my aunt still is the one that makes gumbo in our family, and um, it. I grew up in a rural area, um, but I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, so all my family's from Washington Parish, which is like you know watermelon capital of the universe in my mind, at least maybe just mine, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, all the. You know, as is typical, all the women in the family are really excellent cooks, and that um, kind of gave me exposure to stuff that I didn't know I was learning at the time, which is, you know, when we eat, we eat well, <laughs> that kind of thing. We're going to have three vegetables and a meat and another thing on the table when it's a, a meal time. Um, and also, a lot of people grow their food, and my my cousins run a dairy farm, and um, I grew up around all that kind of stuff, but... Um, escaped to cities as quickly as I could because I didn't necessarily identify with it at the time which is kind of a um you know my problem but uh <laughs> well
0: it's kind of funny i you know i grew up in south louisiana i'm from ascension parish okay. i was born in new orleans we can relate. grew up in ascension <laughs> parish and you know, as a kid, I was doing everything I could to get out of the country. Yep. I couldn't wait to come to the big city. My sisters still laugh. They're like, we knew you were going to end up in New Orleans. But there's still something <laughs> my family like
1: says the same thing. <laughs> you can't
0: take the country out of us yeah. because there is that thing about connecting with the food and the farmers. And what I love is that, you know, I like to eat with my hands. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you eat with your hands, you're touching the food. You're like totally connecting yeah. with it. And, you know, tacos, you're eating with your hands, you know, pizza, you're eating with your hands. I mean, I'll eat my salad with my hands, but that's a whole another story. <laughs> but, um, you know, you start to realize that there is something about us that we learn at a young age about how important that farming, that bringing the good quality food and ingredients to the table is.
1: I agree with you. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But the fact now that looking back on it, we ate beef that was from a cow that my uncle grew or from a pig that another family member grew or vegetables or eggs that were traded up. Now it seems like a very... uh shishi conversation yes. right? but like, <laughs> i like to think that we were
0: country cool before yeah. it was cool <laughs>
1: but the other big part of it was while me and you were like yearning to go be somewhere else because we felt like i don't know felt weird in the country or whatever i don't know how you want to characterize that but um what the other part was it was like none of this was like pretentious stuff it should be easy and the whole point is just putting food on the table mm-hmm. um and it should be good. <laughs> um, so I'd like to think that, uh, you know, my grandma and my mom and uh, my grandmas and my mom and my aunts and all, all of them kind of transferred that value, which is, you know, take care of people, be very hospitable, make more food than you, you expect that you're going to need, and uh, make sure that it's cooked well, because otherwise people aren't going to come back over. Or right. <laughs> or <laughs> you feel don't taken returned, care guys. of. You know, they're not going <laughs> to feel taken care of if you didn't try to do a good job. So, I definitely think that part sticks, but I've been out of Washington Parish for a really long time. <laughs> so when you
0: think back to your childhood and your, your favorite dishes that you ate or like something that you go, this, is, is, this makes me think of family around the table. What are those things? Chicken and dumplings. Oh, 100%. yum. 100%. I want that recipe. <laughs> yeah. And I ate a,
1: a lot of different versions growing up, but my grandma's version using gold metal, self-rising flour, salt. Black McCormick black pepper and a hen, not a chicken, but a hen from from whatever wherever you can find one in town. In town, <laughs> if you, you're going to town, pick up a hen, and if you pick up the wrong chicken, you really messed up. So uh, was
0: <laughs> it like a brown gravy chicken and dumplings or a white gravy chicken and dumplings? So I
1: would say a white gravy. Okay. Um, we could get it way gravy in it. Ma- could get Yeah, way in I mean, I this like one. this may have to be like a whole boil a hen. <laughs> okay. Don't not for too long. Pull the meat. You've got your broth. Um, The dumplings are rolled out super, super thin in her style. She bakes them off. Some should be a little bit burnt, and some of them should be a little undercooked. And then she drops all that into the pot of broth, seasons it with salt. If she doesn't like the color, yellow food coloring.
0: Yes, that's a, my, a chef that worked for me. She goes, "Oh my God, Granny's dumplings had <laughs> yellow food coloring. That way, it looked like it had chicken fat in it, <laughs> which it already
1: did. But she's like, maybe not enough, and then throw the chicken back in and let it simmer for a little bit, and that's the deal. Okay, you know?
0: so she doesn't make a roux or anything to start nope, it. She just uses that's just in the, the flour. All right, see, this is and a, it thickens,
1: so yeah, this is
0: like a whole thing. I um. I was just a. It's
1: really hard. Too. I, I, yes, like I, I want to like, like why is learn. Why so hard?
0: <laughs> I want to learn, but you, you know, you realize that sometimes you have to do what you can in a pinch. And I was in uh, Alaska, and I cooked a gumbo for this group, okay. and I realized I didn't have rice, I didn't have, I didn't have anything, but we had sourdough, and I was like. All right. I can do this. We're going to we're <laughs> going to call this gumbo and dumplings. We're not going to tell anyone in New Orleans because they will kick me out if I call it gumbo, right? Because it was technically gumbo and just had dumplings in it. But um, you know, you start to there's something about that comfort food that is just so happy.
1: Yeah. It's a I mean, and that like kind of I guess brings us back around. That's really the point of it. Uh, it, it definitely makes you feel connected with Where you came from but more than anything it's just like you're sitting there eating with the folks you're with and having a nice time and you feel like good at the end of eating that kind of food so i think tacos fits in with that same thing um you know i i I kind of back sort of to a thing you didn't really allude to but uh whether they're authentic or not isn't something i'm going for but they are kind of like the chicken and dumplings thing homage to a very specific thing that i've eaten And think it's, like, something I would like to try to reproduce because I thought it was so good, you know? Um,
0: So let's talk about the menu a little bit because we do have a little bit of time. And um, I know I I brought you all over the place in this conversation. But (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ooh, chicken and dumplings, we have to go there. (laughs) Um, But, you know... What are what are you filling your tacos with? What are you putting in them? You know what combinations?
1: Yeah. So uh, early on, I was like, I wonder if we could do a taco place that just serves vegetables. The answer is probably not. No. So <laughs> so we definitely you know we but what was important to me is that we have a really short menu, but that um, you can bring anybody there and they can all eat. You know, if someone has a gluten intolerance or someone is vegan, or that shouldn't keep them from being able to come eat at this place. So the tortillas are vegan. Um, We don't use lard in them, even though it's good, it just, you know, it's not necessary to make a great tortilla. And we now have, um, I'd say about 45% of the menu is vegetarian or could be made vegan, but that isn't necessarily the point. It just is that those are good things we can cook too. So um, on the staple menu, there's always going to be chicken, beef, pork. The chicken is, um, you know, in an achiote and citrus marinade. Um, And it's grilled with a heavy char. It's so delicious. Um, The pork we're doing currently, we changed this set depending on kind of what the weather's like and that sort of thing. But it's been a pork adubata, which, you know, often gets called al pastor, but we don't have a spit, so I don't call it al pastor, but it's got charred pineapple um, and pork shoulder. Um, The beef currently, we started with a carne asada. We switched over to like a braised chopped brisket style at this point. Super good. Um, and as far as all the meats, you know, we try to make sure that we're using good quality stuff. It's all going to be what is labeled as naturally raised, right? So Creekstone beef and Springer Mountain Farm chicken and uh, Truebridge Durham pork and that kind of thing. And it's, you know, is it from the farm locally? No, but is it stuff that's traceable and you know how you know how these animals are being raised and that sort of thing? So again, without being on a soapbox, we're trying to make it um, as responsible as possible. And stuff that we want to feed our family. So, otherwise, vegetables. That's on a that's on a rotation. We've got one thing on the menu that's uh, labeled the farmer's taco. The first one of those was a uh, uh, oyster mushroom and button mushrooms that get Ooh. cooked down with uh, a lot of turmeric and garlic oil. Um, that made the full menu now, so the mushrooms are now on the full <laughs> Forever. menu. Yeah, and uh, so now the farmer taco truly is kind of rotating based on what's seasonal. So we'll always have that kind of stuff going. Um, we get the you know a lot of those vegetables from, from Covey Rise or from the farmer's market, uh, especially the Saturday market, and we try to work that in as much as possible, but also want it to be predictable and accessible and consistent for people that are used to coming through in the neighborhood.
0: And there seems to be a nice balance of... Um, you know, flavor and textures, you know, whether you have like a crunch or a, you know, like a meatiness or, I mean, even the meatiness that you get with a mushroom. But there's something about balancing those flavors and textures in one bite, right?
1: It's a big thing, yeah. Um, you know, that, something that isn't necessarily thought of about a lot of Mexican food that I like is that uh, that soft texture, you know. And the really, really the only crunch you're going to get is through a lot of herbs or raw onion or something like that. And I like that, but that doesn't necessarily play for everybody. So we want to – we do that, but then we give some options, especially with vegetables where, um, you know uh, – I forget who said this. It was a friend here in town. They were like, you know, if you're cooking food that's at this value point, um, you can't serve a bunch of fancy stuff on top of it. So what do you do to make it great? Uh, you put a ton of herbs mm-hmm. <laughs> and a ton of, uh, you know, lime or lemon and yeah. – That so acid. Citrus, acid. And a lot of herbs are a big part of the cooking for sure.
0: Well, so tell our listeners again how they can find you, where you're located, yeah. when you're open, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so we're currently closed on Mondays with plans to expand on Mondays in the future. But closed on Mondays, uh, Tuesday to Friday, we're open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, we are open on the weekends 9 a.m. for breakfast tacos until 10 p.m. Um, and uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. We're at 3984 Chapitula, so uh, we say between Louisiana and Napoleon, two blocks from Tipitina's, and that usually gets people to hone in on us. Um, It's a little white shack with a big uh, garden in the back, and um, we've got margaritas on draft, too.
0: And we're we're approaching hopefully soon that weather where you want to sit outside in the courtyard. And People
1: were great during the summer, but I totally expect it to be a few more uh, a day uh, now that we're getting into October.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me, y'all. Been listening to Brett Jones with Barracuda. Y'all get out there and try it. It's um, on Chapatula Street, and you're gonna have some. Lovely, delicious, handmade tortillas as well. (laughs) Uh, You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.